With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Old Lady Speaks podcast on black and white and red all over. This is your host, Danny, coming to you for episode number 17, the Nicholas Venter episode. As we remember, (laughs) Nicholas Venter's most memorable Juventus uh, achievement was when he was hitting on the Scudetto Award ladies when uh, he won his one title in turn. Now, we're going with, obviously... Mario Mandzukic, and as Fabio Caressa likes to say, uh, David Trezeguet. So let me bring in the usual crew here of Sam Lepresti. Hello, Sam. Uh, how's it going? You know, it's funny because uh, years ago in FIFA, I actually did have to make use of, Benton, uh, of Bentner, and he actually didn't fail me that bad. <laughs> but it might oh, be gosh. more than 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 you actual Juventus could have said. So we've yeah. got <laughs> we've got Chuck's here. Hello, Chuck. Hello, everyone. Um, it's funny since uh, well, since Nicholas is uh, or Bettner is uh, Danish, and since I lived a little bit in De- in Denmark, I'll just say Teluge uh, Nicholas Stor Teluge, which uh, for any Danish listeners, well, you'll know what that means. It's not inappropriate. Don't worry. Anything in Dutch as your your boy Delict for uh, rehabs from shoulder surgery? Um, yeah, feel success, man. <laughs> that means just good luck. <laughs> but anyway, hello, everyone. Bentner got, Bentner got the more interesting message. And we've got Sergio Romero. Hello, Sergio. Hey, fellas. I'm just really excited for like a, a small contingent of Danish listeners. That's going to be a real treat for them. I'm assuming there's at least like two, right? I mean, I'm guessing. I have no idea, but maybe. we'll check. We'll check the analytics afterwards, but Please. yeah. All right, on this week's episode, we've got a whole bunch of transfer stuff, whether it's actual transfers or, as the Italian press sometimes likes to do, transfers that will never happen. So we'll start off with the actual transfer, and that is uh, Juventus signing their first-ever American player, Weston McKinney, on loan with an option to buy. And it seems like, depending on who you read, a relatively easy option that will be triggered depending on playing time and certain achievements that Juventus reached. So I will go to the CONCACAF side of the equation on this podcast. No no offense, Chucks. I, I think of you more as UEFA since you're 
you're from the other side of the Atlantic. But. That's accurate. That's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> that but uh, accurate. For, for Sam and Sergio, I'll let you guys decide who goes first. What do you think of Weston McKinney, Juventus's newest midfielder? Uh, well, first off, we should mention first American man to play for Juventus because the yes. J ladies have had Ashley Nick, yeah. the first American period to play for Juventus. I like this signing and I'm not particularly bullish one way or the other as to whether or not it will work. I mean, obviously I hope it does, but I feel like this is the kind of relatively low risk pretty high reward signing that we that that Juventus was was built on this this streak was really built on during Beppe the early part of Beppe Menotti's tenure with the team and I really like that we're going back to that and you know maybe it's because they've been kind of forced to it because of the virus and all the lost revenue and how tight finances are going to be this year but to see that kind of a move come out of Turin again, it, it makes me excited because for the last couple of years, squad building has been a problem for us. And if we're going to start making moves like this again, that, you know, that can fill the needs, but aren't necessarily like the huge flashy bits. I, I've said this in, in on the, the news post that I did when we were first connected with McKinney last week. If this does pan out, we might be looking at like diet Arturo Vidal. Like that's the absolute best case scenario. So if we get that, hell yeah. Worst case scenario, the op- the option doesn't trigger and he goes back to Schalke and we're only out 4 million. I tend to think that the absolute worst case scenario will probably be avoided. I like McKinney. I like his, his engine. I like his motor. Not the greatest of passers, but when you're being coached by Andrea Pirlo, I'm sure there's something we can do about that. And he is such a really good ball winner in the midfield that I can definitely see him carving out a niche in this team. You know, even if he doesn't hit his absolute ceiling, he could be very, very useful. And if he's not, then no harm, no foul. I kind of agree with with Sam. Some of the opinions were of the extremely cynic way of looking at it, which was, this is just a move to get into the American market and that's it. And, you know, there might be a little bit like a kernel of truth to it, but even like he, this is not like a complete, uh, like a, like an unknown or something. He, here's a guy who's in his early twenties who featured for Schalke, which had a bad season, but at the same time, he was a starter at Schalke and they are usually among, you know, the most consistent performers in the Bundesliga. I, I don't think, you know, his name was clearly not necessarily on, on everyone's radar, but this is not like, a, you know, they just bought this complete unknown guy, you know, to just sell T-shirts. I mean, I don't think it really is like that. I, I think I agree 100% with Sam in the sense that low risk, really low risk. I mean, $4 million is, you know, it's, it's change for, for like a club like Juventus. So, Hopefully it works. You know, it's the off season. So for me, every signing is going to pan out and it's like optimism abounds. And of course it's going to be <laughs> Arturo Vidal light. Like, of course that's exactly what, like, you know, even if it doesn't, you still have a guy that can come in and, and give you those minutes that you probably lost with Blaise Matuidi going to enter. Uh, you have a guy who can come in and take some minutes from whenever Adam Ramsey, you know, gets injured again. Uh, I mean, you just have a guy that you can plug in. And as we saw last year, you can never have enough of those guys because Juventus, as Sam mentioned, has struggled with building a squad and building that depth. So I think mostly this is that. This is just a depth signing. He's probably just going to fill in and out, you know, whenever he's needed. I think it's a good signing for the amount of money they got him for what he could potentially do and what he can already do. I think it's a decent signing. I think to... To expect him to be much more than a, like a depth player at this point is probably not fair to him. But yeah, I, I, I like it. It's a good signing. On that note, talking about CONCACAF, this is bad news for me because if he does pan out, that means that like the U.S. national team has like a top midfielder who plays for Juventus, which is <laughs> not ideal for me as the United States men's national team can today and forever get bent 
as far as I'm concerned, because. <laughs> Should we just Mexico establish who national. your uh, native country is, Sergio? Yeah, I'm a Mexico national. I'm not that's like, right. listen, like I'm just, that's just a non, <laughs> non-starter. Like that's, if they can never qualify to another World Cup ever again, that's, that'd be the best case scenario for me, for the United States <laughs> national team, straight up. Is that any way to thank you to thank us for 2014? Come yeah, on no. now, Sergio. Uh, <laughs> you shouldn't have. That's you know, I. The, the fun thing is that for 2018, we were in the exact same situation where we could have repaid that favor, and we very much didn't. We very much didn't. We dropped <laughs> like a completely meaningless game to you know keep you guys out of the World Cup, and I'm happy we did that. Yeah, usually though, usually I'm the contrarian uh, in the group, but um, this time I'm not, and I uh, I agree with everyone. Uh, you know what everyone said. Definitely what, what you said, Sam, about it just being a low low risk, low reward type of type of deal. I mean, it's pretty cheap. It's kind of interesting though because the way the deal was set up, which was you know, subject to certain sporting achievements, he will you know like loan with option to buy, which will be triggered if certain achievements are. 60% of Juventus's competitive games, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then something about the Champions League as well. Like if we qualified for Champions League, I think that was something as well, which I mean is kind of, I mean, obvious. <laughs> like, I mean, it's, it's yeah. I mean, not sound arrogant, obviously, but, you know, I mean, I suppose that's that we should be fine. I mean, we're not great these days, but you know, we're not that bad. So, no, I mean, I think it's... Looks like we're, I mean, I'm kind of expecting he'll trigger all these uh, clauses and he'll essentially sign permanently. I mean, barring any kind of catastrophic failure. So, I mean, that, that's good. And I think I remember uh, someone in the comments saying that, I probably do agree with this. I mean, okay, I've not seen him play McKenney play yet, but uh, it does sound like from what I've heard that this is indeed the case, that he is essentially just a cheaper and younger version of Matuidi which, uh, I mean, I guess that's, that's good. And slightly better. Um, it sounds like a little less, uh, uh, how should I describe Matuidi? Um, a little less, uh, I don't know, unbalanced. <laughs> that's a good way um, of putting it, yeah. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to find a kind of an appropriate word to describe him. So, but no, I mean, I think that's good. Because, you know, at the end of the day, people make fun of Matuidi, but he was... Tactically speaking, especially a fundamentally important player for Juventus, and I think that shows in his um, in his performance stats because I think I remember it was that in the three years I think that he was here, only DiBala had more minutes than Matuidi, which I mean is really really telling. I mean that's mm-hmm. that's a very you know that's a big stamp of approval under two coaches, of course, with Sari and Allegri. So I mean, if that is indeed the case, if he can be a younger just a little, you know, less, uh, a little more pristine version of uh, Matuidi, then I think that's very, very good indeed. And, you know, I'm, I'm optimistic uh, about that. And one, one final thing I'll add is that I remember, Danny, in that interview you did with the Stars and Stripes uh, platform, I think the, sorry, I forget his name, but uh, the person you interviewed, um, he said that in the last 15 games or so of the season that uh, Schalke were basically atrocious and they were a dumpster fire yeah we thought thought Juventus was bad the last you know six or seven weeks of the season Schalke was like that pretty much from you know the restart in Germany onward yeah 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 and this I mean it's it's crazy because it's like they used they were in the Champions League semifinals at one point it's crazy I mean not so long ago you know but yeah, what that uh, guy said that, you know, in the last 15 games of the season, uh, Schalke were just, you know, terrible. But then that, and if this is indeed true, then that'll be huge. That McKinney was one of the best players of the team during that terrible phase. And to me, just on a personal level, I think that's hugely, hugely valuable if that is indeed the case. Because I think the biggest mark of someone's character and ability and stature is how they play when everything around them is in chaos and everything around them is just, is in flames. I think that's, I mean, such a huge point. If that is, you know, I mean, again, I didn't watch Schalke, so I don't know. But, I mean, I think that's so, so valuable if that is indeed true. If there's one thing about him, he seems like a very high-character kind of player. Yeah. And, you know, he said it in his, his 
couple minute interview with JTV is that, you know, he's very much an all or nothing kind of player. And how many weeks have we been saying this Juve side needs a little more green stuff? Well, Weston McKinney, although he's American and not European, he very much seems like he'll bring some kind of green to the squad. I think it's also important to note, like he wasn't on our radar as, you know, Juventus people who follow Juventus, but there were a lot of Premier League teams that were going in for him this year. And not just the, the you know, the, the afterthought ones too, like people were talking about him with things like Leicester, who Leicester is not a team that you just like back off of anymore. He, he was a desirable commodity on this transfer market. And I think that will, I, I think that, you know, to think that he's just like out of nowhere isn't necessarily the, the to, it, it's, not, it's not right to say he just came completely out of nowhere. It was just very much how the rumors came about was that there wasn't like Juventus yeah. are interested in him. They're negotiating the deal. And then this is when he might be showing yeah, up for but, his medical. It was very much like yeah. deal done. His medical's on Friday. There you go. Yeah, but like I've seen, like I've seen, I've seen at least one comment on one of the articles saying, you know, like how you know if a player is worth anything in the Bundesliga at his age, then Bayern already has one claw in him. And I'm like, I, I think that's a little bit overblown. And he definitely was being pursued by teams that aren't slouches. Like you know, Leicester's not a slouch anymore. You really, Leicester is a team that has to be taken seriously when it comes to the top four in in England nowadays. And, and the European race there as a whole. So I think that it's definitely, it, this definitely isn't the, the case of us just picking some guy for the hell of it. Yeah, exactly. I agree 100%. I think that a lot of people, I mean, that was the impression a lot of people were getting. This is just a, a whatever signing. And listen, this is not like, I don't think unless something goes extraordinarily well for, for, for McKinney, I don't think he's like the missing piece of the puzzle or anything like that. I mean, but I do think that's it's a it's a very decent signing considering the price. It's a it's a guy that can come in and, and just be a depth player and be a young guy that gives a lot of energy up the bench or on the occasional starting uh, position. Yeah, I, I really can't imagine just being upset at this deal at all. I mean, I, I just don't see why anybody would be upset at it. It's, it's, it's a good signing. It's a depth signing. I hope he does he does well. And I specifically, I really, I want to say, come on the pod, Weston. That'd be great. How, how can the first American not come on the pod when, like, we are on a, you know, American-based network? So come on the pod. I, I think that that's the, my main takeaway. And bring your dog with you. Because if you haven't seen his dog, his dog is black and white. So good sign right off the bat. Of course, yeah. And it is a freaking tank. So, you know, we need it. We need the black and white dog in a Juventus jersey as soon as possible. I, I think the people that are upset with this are upset because it's not the Ronaldo delict level signing that they think has suddenly that they, I, I think that in the last two years, people think that Ronaldo level signings is, are suddenly the Juventus birthright, which kind of isn't the case guys yet in terms of the finances. We're not at that level yet. And actually, that segues perfectly into what I was going to say, which is that, you know, newsflash news people, we are broke. We have no money. <laughs> we, like, we have spent an arm and a leg <laughs> on, on Ronaldo <laughs> and on his salary and on his private yachts and all that stuff. We are broke. We have no money. This is the type of deal that is simply going to be the case for, I mean, at least this transfer window, which uh, I don't actually know when it's ending. I forget. I should probably know when it's uh, ending. The first 10 days of October, I think. Oh, okay. Is it? Yeah. Just because of all the, you know, the shift and stuff. It goes, it goes September. September 1st is the official transfer window opening up through the, the first week or two of October. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, I get, I mean, look, money is just money is sparse right now, which actually kind of off topic, but sort of on topic. I wrote this in uh, my monthly review. Okay, we've had rumors about, oh, is it Kadira and Iwain, their contracts being terminated, which uh, actually when I first read it, I thought it was basically confirmed. And apparently it's not actually really confirmed uh, yet, which is, I mean, I don't know, it's kind of interesting. But 
you know, I said about that, that like, look, we have Matuidi left, his contract was rescinded, and we didn't receive a transfer fee for that. And now if Iguain and Kadira indeed do uh, leave and are like, you know, do have their contracts rescinded, then we are also not re receiving any money for that either. So that's three players leaving that we received zero <laughs> euros for. And that's, that's, I mean, and, uh, financially speaking, that just kind of concerns me. And that's, well, it concerns me and frustrates me, honestly. Plus, I mean, you're going to have to pay for the contract rescissions for, especially for Kedira and Iguain. That's, I mean, that's six million, seven and a half million. And I mean, depending on what the, the buyout clauses or the, the rescission clause, I guess, is going to be, which I mean, I don't know. But point is, a lot of money is going out the door and little is coming in uh, in terms of transfers anyway. And then you have, yeah. you know, revenue impacted by the lack of COVID uh, or lack of revenue coming in the door due to COVID. So, uh, I, you know, th that just kind of connects to the whole McKenney deal of like, look, we have no money right now. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yeah, I, I think that that's a, that, that's a, a fair a fair thing and, and just talking, you know, which is why another one of the transfer rumors that has been coming around this past week is um, not going to happen. I think you all know which one I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, for Amari coming uh, back. Oh, lovely. Raul Jimenez? <laughs> yeah, uh, well, that one too, but that's not that's the just, one that that's I was... That's just because uh, Sergio's on camera this week, so I had to see <laughs> I'm just I'm losing um, out hope on that one, but <laughs> that that's a double blow, isn't it? <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I think I agree with, with with Sam. Let's talk about the the real biggie one. Christian Romero is probably going to Atalanta, so that sucks. I kind of wanted. To, I mean, didn't even get a shot at Juve. What the hell? Like, you didn't I really even get a shot to buy that jersey. Yeah, I didn't even get. A I didn't even to see that one. Buying that jersey. <laughs> I think it's one of the newer ones. I'm not sure if it's official, but it's it's one of the latest. You know, things out there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we've got a laundry list of rumors out there. I mean, like Sergio mentioned, Christian Romero might go to Atalanta. There's been, oh, I don't know, Moise Keen potentially coming back from Everton on what could be a two-year loan deal, what could be some kind of swap deal with Aaron Ramsey because obviously Aaron Ramsey used to play in the Premier League, so let's link him with more Premier League clubs. There are other strikers being linked to Juventus like Luis Suarez, like uh, Milik from Napoli, like Edin Dzeko, which seems, I mean, you take your pick as to a potential number nine, and he's probably been linked to Juventus at some point. But, you know, for any one of you guys, is there, besides the Moise Keen one, because that seems like that's the, the one I think we all might be hopeful over, but is there one that kind of stands out to you like, hey, this one actually makes sense? I mean, Milik would probably make the most sense to me, given that he's the youngest out of that group and somebody that you could maybe build a little bit more of a long-term thing around. Problem there is that he, you know, he plays for Napoli and Aurelio De Laurentiis is not going to be keen on, on allowing him to go to Juventus if he can help it. Milik apparently is like, has his heart set on this from what I've read, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen. You know, Jekko is Cristiano Ronaldo's age, if not older, which I actually was, you know, a couple of weeks ago, years old when I found that out. I didn't actually realize how old Jekko is. Luis Suarez is younger than Jekko, but he's the dick and I don't want him on the team. And also, if you want a sporting, if you want something from a sporting perspective, there he's also been in serious and visible decline for the last year and a half, two years. I don't see what we'd be getting out of him. It would be it would be fun to watch Giorgio Chiellini try to kill him in training. That would probably be the the one positive if Luis Suarez were to come to Juventus. But no, I mean, and and it's 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 rough because I mean, I would love the, the keen stuff. I would absolutely love because I never wanted to get rid of him in the first place. 
he would fill a homegrown slot for the Champions League, which is huge because we don't have any of those. I think Rugani is the only guy that qualifies on the roster right now, which is ridiculous. And probably why he's been, probably why he's stayed on, one of the reasons why he stayed on the team all these years. But he's not going to be enough himself if he comes back. There is going to have to be, he's probably going to still be, you know, the, the impact sub and, you know, smaller team guy. He'll probably be the backup. We are going to need another number nine. Right now, unfortunately, I think Suarez may end up being the path of least resistance, especially if he ends up rescinding his contract with Barcelona and being a free agent, which is not my favorite thing in the world. I'd almost take Jekko just as a, a transitional guy until either Kane grows up and, and is able to take that up full time as the guy if and when or, or until we find somebody else. I, I mentioned last week when Tal was on as well, I would love if the, that one Alvaro Morata rumor that I saw weeks ago would become a thing because I think he would be a real asset to the team given that he's played with a lot of people that are still on the roster, Dybala, Ronaldo, when they were both together at Madrid. I think he would be really effective. Although I've, you know, I've seen that so little, except for that one time that I don't think it's going to be a thing. But Jekko or Suarez seem to be the two paths of least resistance and probably the most likely, but each of them have their cons. And I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I think we'd be, we'd be remiss if we teased it and then just never even mentioned it. But can we just say like the Lionel Messi rumors are totally not happening, right? Can we just say that and just move on? Like, I get why, <laughs> yes. I get why they exist. I get why they are out there because, like, you know, Ronaldo and Messi in the same team, like, it's just, look, like, that'd be crazy. Of course, I get it. But, like, Chuck's very, you know. I mean, imagine the clicks. <laughs> imagine the clicks. That'd be great for us, by the way. That'd be incredible. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying I'm, I'm not rooting for that, but, I mean, it's, it's unlikely to say the least. So well, I'm not rooting for it at all. I'm not oh, rooting for it at all. There would be no way. There would be no way to actually build a team out of that. Like you'd have to, like basically, it would. The only way to go f- that Juventus would be able to like deal with anything for like three seasons while spending, you know, thirty. You know, Ronaldo's thirty mil- salary is thirty million, but that's bef- that's after taxes. His real salary is more like fifty or sixty. Like more fifty. You yeah. add, so you're spending a hundred thousand, a hundred million a year on two dudes you're basically trying to build the squad off of the squad that is already there if Messi were to get there which isn't good enough and the, a youth system that has produced precisely two people that have made an impact on the first team this century like, <laughs> um I, yeah I hear you. that's good like, i get that like in a vacuum that makes sense but at the same time like think of the brand awareness my guy like just think how many more followers we could get on instagram of messi and ronaldo together like think of all the sick edits we could do with like messi and ronaldo on the same team like that's priceless you can't put a a price tag on that to paraphrase the ferengi rules of acquisition you know brand awareness in an empty sack means maybe a scudetto and nothing else (laughs) that's as we've that that's been proven to us the last two years It's, it's not happening, but I, I thought we'd still, we still had to mention it. But, but yeah, just not, not to rehash most of what you said, Sam, because I agree. Uh, I think obviously Keen would be ideal. I would love to have him back. And out of all the other guys that have, we have been you know, linked to, I, I also agree that I think Suarez, you know, once you, you know, if you forget for a bit that he is, you know, not the most pleasant human being in the world, like, you know, last year, he had, I'm looking at it right now, 21 goals and 11 assists. That would have been, like, number two on the squad. Like, that, he's still a productive guy. And I think if you're going to bring in, like, a veteran number nine, like a dude who, I mean, like a dude who's just going to come in and hold down the first until you get, like, a more long-term solution, yeah, I mean, I think he'd be the best, the best option, especially if we can get him on a free – I think that'd be great because I, I don't think there's anything that that Suarez could not give you that, you know, I mean, if you bring in Checo, Checo, I'm butchering his name, I know that, but, you know, I mean, like, I, I, that guy, he's just not going to do how 
much better is he right now than Gonzalo Wayne? you know? I mean, I, I don't think he's that much better. Like, I don't think that's a massive improvement. Uh, a dude like Suarez, I think he's a veteran. He still has something left in the tank. I wouldn't hate that at all, especially if we can get him on a free if he does rescind his contract with, with Barcelona, which, I mean, there are rumors indicating that, that he will. So out of all that, you know, mishmash of, of transfer links and transfer rumors, I think I'd be, I, th that's the guy I like the best. But, you know, who knows? I mean, it's, it's completely out in, you know, in the air. So my issue with transfers like these, like Suarez, what is it, Jaco, which I believe that's how you say it, Jaco, and two other people, I forget, two, the older, uh, two other older gentlemen. The problem I have with transfers like these, uh, you know, okay, we go for, oh yeah, Milik, that was the one, that was it. Older strikers like these, it's like, okay, let's, let's think ahead a little. So I remember this great book I read, Nudge, by uh, Richard Thaler and Cass Sunstein, basically about behavioral economics, which is like one of my favorite subsections, I guess, of economics. And one of the things they talk about is like, benefits now, costs later. And I just, that's just the thing I think of when I think of a player like Suarez. Okay, we get the benefits now for like a year, but then we get the costs later of, well, I could just see it right now, a Kadira slash Iguain situation happening. The guy's on 6 million euros a year. Uh, and then, you know, he's talking about Suarez here. Uh, let's say he's on 6 million euros a year and then he's on, okay, one good season, one and a half good seasons. And then he comes to the end of his second, third season and we want to get rid of him. But he doesn't want to leave because he's on a big salary and he's, you know, he likes life here. And then we have to go through the entire ordeal again of trying to rescind this contract. And then he won't want to leave. And as a PR nightmare for us because we're trying to kick someone out of the door who doesn't want to leave. And it's just, you know, I can just see that whole that whole cycle happening again. And I just, you know, it's just something I just frankly rather avoid. And again, it's just the, the whole benefits now costs later kind of thing we're just i can just see that kind of stuff happening right now because you know he's, he's 33 years old he's not getting any younger and you know i mean i agree his numbers were really quite good to 21 goals and i think he said 11 assists so i mean those are very good numbers indeed but yeah i mean it's what for one or two seasons we're going to do that and then we're going to be stuck with that whole you know financial baggage uh, i mean i i'd just rather not have that uh, and that counts for jaco as well and just for any striker right now over the age of 32, three or something, really rather not have that. But I mean, I think in terms of the rumors for strikers, which of course is the common thread that they're, you know, we need a center forward, is that uh, I forget who wrote this. Some journalist wrote this. I, I don't think it was Marcotti, but someone wrote this saying that kind of a goal should be a target should be to find a center forward that could act kind of as a, I guess a focal point that Ronaldo can play around. So they gave the example basically of Benzema at Real Madrid when Ronaldo and Benzema were, when Ronaldo was at, the, at Real Madrid and Benzema was that center forward that, you know, he took basically all the, you know, the kicks and the shoves and like he took all the brunt of the damage so that Ronaldo was free to kind of like, you know, work around and just to play around and to have the freedom to just do his thing. So he was the distractor. I, there's a great Dutch word for it, which I just cannot find the English word for it, but I'll maybe I'll look for it <laughs> uh, later. But yeah, so like that journalist said, okay, maybe Juve should try and find that type of player that can, uh, Manjukic was that, I think, probably, yeah, that type of player who, you know, took the brunt of the damage so that Ronaldo could work around that and play around that. So, I mean, I think that's a fair, fair thought. I think that could be something, but yeah, who is that player? Who is that player under the age of 30? I don't know. So are you starting the Benzema to Juventus rumor trucks? Oh, your words, not mine. <laughs> your words, not mine, mate. I, Besides, I clicks, just wanted clicks. to throw, clicks, clicks, clicks. I just wanted to throw in one, one bit we're you know we're talking about barcelona people who might be terminating their contracts and we were talking a little bit before about weston mckinney at being you know arturo vidal light why not just go for the real thing again because there are a bunch of there's a bunch of noise that he's about to be a free agent i say taken like honestly you know he's not what he he's not what he was at his peak when he was with us but he can 
he can train those younger guys. Uh, imagine what guys like McKinney and Benton Core would learn from him I, as, as kind of an elder statesman of the midfield again. And he's not done either, but I would take him in a second. Truly, that elder statesman, that's something that I never thought I'd, I'd hear uh, teaching <laughs> the young guys the ways. But, but I, I agree, actually. I, I don't know. And I've been, I, again, I'm completely ignorant of this. So I, I don't know if this is true or not. But I, I saw somewhere that McKinney took the last like non-EU spot for the team. So even if they even if they were to add Vidal, like they couldn't do it because they, they already have like older non-EU spots like occupied. So yeah, that's I, I a bit of a labyrinth. Yeah, I, I I don't know if that was the case, but if that isn't the case, if they could actually bring him in, I I actually agree 100 because. You have to replace the minutes from Matuidi and you have to replace the minutes from Kedia. And you're probably going to have to replace the minutes of Aaron Ramsey whenever he gets injured. So, you know, I, I wouldn't hate it. So, like, that's a good signing. That's a guy that can come in and it's a professional and, and will give you solid, solid minutes. And, you know, we were talking about earlier about the McKinney signing not being like the Ronaldo level big signing. But, you know, winning squads and, and big squads they are you know they're built with this type of moves like bringing in guys who, who perform their role who actually are available who do their job right and who just contribute to the to like a winning locker room a winning mm -hmm. club and and i think Vidal is, is exactly that type of signing i think mckinney is that type of signing i i i would love it if, if you know the intricacies of the non-eu you know places kind of like work out i think that'd be a great signing ronaldo's madrid needed its casemiro yeah, yeah and mckinney yeah. could be that just just on the quickly on uh Bidal, i mean i'm gonna be a contrarian here and say yeah, rather not <laughs> no so Vidal right now he kind of reminds me of rafael nadal uh, of tennis of course uh in the sense that you know nadal like i mean he had that period like kind of in the start of his career when he was just like upward trajectory, he was brilliant, brilliant player. You know, he was really, I mean, he had a Federer just completely under his thumb, but then he had like two years or so where he just was had injury after injury after injury. And I actually thought his career was over, but I credit him honestly for coming back. I really do. I didn't, I used to dislike him, but I kind of respect him now, but he reminds me of Nadal because people were saying that uh, the reason that Nadal really ran into those serious knee injuries was his style of play was just so physically taxing for him, especially on his knees. Like he had just such an intense style of play that, I mean, it was like, it was essentially a matter of time before he ran into those injuries, which I mean, again, he eventually did. And I mean, I don't know how true this is, but that key to his recovery was really just having to change his style of play and having to, just become a little more, I guess, yeah, less intense, less aggressive, or just a little more nuanced and a little more delicate, I guess. Kind of, you know, I mean, Federer, I mean, he's 38 or something now. I mean, I think a lot of people credit that, like his longevity, just to his style of play, which is more, you know, for the marathon and not for the sprint. So anyway, I bring that up with respect to Vidal because, I mean, I just see that type of like pre-injury Nadal in him, which is that just, his style of play, Vidal, is just so like physically intense. It's so physically taxing that I mean, I wonder. Like, sure, he's still good. I mean, I I agree I, that he's still good. But I just wonder, like, when that Nadal breaking point is going to come for him. And I really think it's going to be sooner rather than later. So that's why I just am a little reluctant on that point. Um, not necessarily for his ability but just for his longevity yes slash stop which is because of his style of play yeah 100 percent. and the thing is all of these deals we're talking about with the exception of the you know maybe return of, of moist keen they're all like i would be okay with them if they're all short-term deals because absolutely like the, the point that chucks was making earlier about like having you know, Luis Suarez have a couple good seasons, which is probably what he has left in the tank, and then have like a bloated contract again and go to, you know, for the Ikerida and Iguain situation all over again. I, I think, you know, these dudes, the, the way they, 
this could work is if they give them short-term deals, one year with an option for a second one, something along those lines. I think if they manage to do something like that, it would work in, in similar ways than like um, they do in the NBA, right? When there's like a team that's in the brink of a championship and they'll, you know, throw like a one-year deal to a veteran, right? Like we need this guy and he can still give us something for one year. Like that's the type of deals I'm assuming Juventus is looking for when they talk about Suarez, when they talk about Vidal, when they talk about Checo. Because, you know, if you're looking at Suarez and really let's give this kid, this guy five-year deal. I mean, that's terrible. That's a terrible idea. But if you are thinking about it in the short term and the let's maximize whatever's left of, of Cristiano Ronaldo's, you know, prime or post prime or whatever those are the type of deals i have to be looking for because if if you're looking for like five-year deals or something these are not the guys that you should be giving those deals to and i think as chucks mentioned we saw that with you know the situation they currently are with with Kadira, for example who was an incredibly dumb decision to give him that extension from the moment it was announced like his first contract was fine. Like he performed up to the level he was expected to perform in that first contract. Then the second one, the extension kicked in and everyone was like, why, why would you do that? And you we're seeing it right now. Like you, that, that was a bad bet from the get go. And I think I agree hundred percent with Chuck's in the sense that they have to avoid those deals because you know, they, they often come back to bite you. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's definitely true. And it's definitely, you know, I had a, I had a bit of a brain lock when, when Chucks, you were talking about the the terminations before, but I just got it back. Where it's, it it really does kind of show in that with that situation with Kadira and and Iguain, how Beppe Marotta last year in his first summer transfer window with Inter managed to dump Mauro Icardi and Joao Mario. He he managed to offload both of those players from a zero leverage position for pretty significant profits for Inter. Meanwhile, you know, last year we had identified Kadira for sale last year. He didn't even leave the team. Mandzukic, you know, was frozen out for half a season, then had his contract terminated so he could go back to Qatar. He's a free agent again now. Here's another, he's another one I'd love to bring back. Fabio Paratici doesn't seem to be able to know how to sell. And that's where Beppe really seems to have him. It's because selling is just as important as buying when you're the when you're one of the sporting when you're a sporting director to be able to get guys like Iguain or Matuidi or Kadira off the books with even if it's a token amount of a transfer fee. And Beppe Beppe seems to be seems to have been be able to do that with Inter. Did that with us when he was with us and. Paratici doesn't seem to be able to do that. The other thing that really concerns me about Fabio Paratici is that through all of these transfer rumors that we've been sifting through for weeks on end, does Fabio Paratici know that fullbacks are a thing? I was just about to say, like, we have not seen one damn thing about that, fullback. Like, like Pellegrini is coming back from Cagliari, and it seems like he, it looks like he'll probably stay in the team. Great. I like him. He should get a chance. But we need at least one more fullback. And there has been nothing on that front, complete crickets. And I'm like, come on, like this is three years now that you haven't bought a, a darn fullback. Like that, that, that is a position that still is in desperate need of upgrade or at the very least depth. And we're not seeing it right now. And that's concerning to me. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If you want to read the, the Andrea Pirlo tea leaves and, and then make like inferences and, and wild assumptions, which, uh, by the way, our comment section is right at that. Like I, I've, I've been in that comment section and then <laughs> I'll just be convinced that something is happening just because I see it in that comment section. So shout out to everyone there. But if you read the tea leaves and, and about the, the lack of fullback rumors, I, I think th there's been a couple 
uh, I mean, it's rumors. Again, it's completely rumors. But a bunch that are like they're gonna play with a back three, and that's why they're like not really looking at that. And that Danilo is gonna be like a sort of type of center back, but it, it's it's wild out there. And that Federico Bernardeschi is actually gonna play like as a wing back. Which, if you sell yourself on that idea, like the three like the three men like center back line, the the team is actually kind of constructed in a way that that could work. I mean, just like looking at the players that we have. So I think that is why like the lack of fullback rumors is happening. Again, we don't know because we still don't know how is Andrea Pirillo going to play because the guy doesn't have a coaching license. That's how like new he is to the coaching game. So, you know, but I think that might be a reason. Yeah. Let, let's jump into our Twitter questions there. Cause our first Twitter question has to do very much with Pirlo. And it's basically this from at Frankie Juve 93. What do you think the lineup will be on the first game of the season? I mean, outside of Ronaldo will probably be there and like Dybala, I'm assuming, but I, like Chesney. I'm, outside, be- I'm betting. Yeah, outside of, outside of those three guys, four guys, I mean, like I don't yeah. really know. I have no idea. I don't even know if Dybala, I don't even know if Dybala is a full on lock for the first game of the season it would depend on on who Pirlo gets in the transfer in the transfer window and how and how Pirlo will decide to deploy things I think I think the only I think there are three locks I think there the three locks are Chesney Ronaldo and Bonucci I think those three guys will end up will be in the starting lineup after that eh who knows which that is why the, the, the Pirlo thing, again, and, and I, I did a piece about it this week, why it's so fun that he's the coach. Because, like, we don't know. Nobody knows. This is completely fresh take. It's just going to be interesting to see. It's going to be fun to see. I'm excited about it. It leads to this type of, like, debates. And I want to throw it back to Chucks real quick because – he, he disparaged <laughs> through shade in the comment section about like he has a completely different take. I, I'd be happy to hear it, man. Yeah, yeah. Let the let the record show that I do not approve. Um, no, uh, I basically my monthly review. Uh, yeah, which looking back on it now, maybe I was a little too harsh. I don't know. But anyway, I just wrote that I think the move once again, as we talked about like two weeks ago or three weeks maybe, that the move just is indicative of the fact that the management has no idea what the hell it's doing. Again, I mean, and okay, Sam kind of like turned me a little bit on this, but the fact that, you know, Birlo was basically under 23 coach and then suddenly Sari is gone and they're like, well, how do you, would you like a promotion? Probably the fastest promotion in human history, by the way. But no, I think... I mean, I think I think the move is more romanticism than it is pragmatism, uh, and that frankly kind of annoys me because I think at this point we already have all this uncertainty with COVID. We already have financially, as Fefu would tell us, financially we're looking very dubious, and then just I mean, you know, throwing on a coach that I just think was just kind of a last minute. Well, this why not? Let's just do it. I, it just doesn't fill me with confidence. And, you know, again, I talked about, I think just after, oh, it was on the podcast that uh, Pirlo was announced. and But it was before we read the tweet <laughs> that Pirlo was announced, where I think I mentioned that, you know, what are we looking for in a coach? Well, it should really just be like, what is, what are, are we looking for assistance coach or are we looking for a player's coach you know are we looking for like uh, a coach that has like a certain system and you know like Sari or are we looking for a coach that just like more like Allegri is going to take you know the ingredients he got and make what he can out of it or make the most efficient the best of it and you know that he can and you know what is our decision on that and then based on that okay what are the attributes we're looking for in the coach and then let's like pick a coach like you know an actual process and i just feel like with pirlo being appointed i just think there was absolutely no process like to to appointing him and that's why it just kind of frustrates me 
You know, because a lot of things in life, I don't really mind the end result. I care more about the process that went into it. That's, I mean, general mantra of mine just in any area of life. And I get really frustrated if, there, if I don't see that there's like coherent process to it. So that's kind of what I was, I said this in much less, much fewer words, obviously, in the review. But yeah, that's kind of what my issues are. So we'll go to the second part of that Twitter question. If you were betting people, and I don't know what you guys are because... I, I don't want you guys to suddenly be going to Gamblers Anonymous or anything, but if we were betting people, what uh, we, we've seen a few formations thrown out there that Pirlo might be using. So the second part of that question is, if you had to guess what formation might Pirlo be using come you know, the first week of the season? Should we go to ske- Skeptical Chucks first? Because, you know, obviously he's such a huge fan of the signing. Or this yeah, 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 man, I'm the contrarian. This is how it feels like to be Hunter, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout out to my man. <laughs> shout out to my man. <laughs> but I truly have no idea. I mean, I would have loved to have had him on today because of the because of his McKinney uh, piece. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, uh, true, true. Actually, yeah, that would have been. He's nice. busy filling his wine rack. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Congratulations <laughs> on your new house, Hunter. Hey. But, uh, but yeah, that was a great piece, of course. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, I really don't know. Going back to kind of, okay, who are the lock-ins to play? I mean, Ronaldo, yeah, Bonucci, Chesney. And I mean, I guess you have to look at the fact that, okay, the Ligt is injured. And then, oh, will Demiral play? I mean, I don't know. No, I guess the best I can say is whether it's going to be a three-man or a four-man defense. And that is based on just that is determined by how much faith Pirlo has in Demiral because we only have what is a Bonucci, Demiral, Lugani, uh, and Chiellini. So that's four center backs. So, I mean, you know, if he doesn't really, if he's not feeling it with Demiral, if Chiellini's not entirely fit, then, I mean, it's probably going to be a four-man defense. I'm going to lean towards a four-man defense, uh, argue, probably a 4-4-2, a safe bet. Yeah, safe bet of four four two. My bet is prob is that the first game are we talking first game like friendly or first game competitive? I think we're going first competitive game seeing as the season starts in a couple of weeks and we really haven't heard anything about friendlies. So who I've knows seen, if they'll uh, actually have friendlies. A couple of teams have had them. A couple of teams have had them. I know Lazio was held to a two two draw by Triestina the other day. We, I've seen. I've been seeing reports of them scattered around. We haven't had any yet, but uh, I would guess the first game we see is going to be a four-three-three, and probably the first couple of games. And then I, I would not be surprised to see it change relatively quickly, depending on what Pirlo might learn. But yeah, I think a four-three-three is probably your best bet as to what we're going to see the very first game. Yeah, I. I... I think the the most logical thing is just to go with like the the four three three type of thing that we're doing, you know, last season. Just just out of the fact that we don't know if there's gonna be any friendlies. Like Danny said, the season's starting in two weeks. So as far as a new system or something, I don't know how long they actually have to set something up. So if if I were a betting man, which I was at one point, but I'm I've, I've laid <laughs> off on it. I, I would go just like a four three three, just because that's what kind of like did what they were playing, and I mean I'm, I'm guessing that's a safer move, but I have no idea. If they came out with like a three five two or something wacky like that, well not wacky, but just like something that we're not really used to seeing with this Juventus team, I think that'd be really just just interesting, and I think it would speak to, you know, kind of like how the team in general was ready for a change, and you know just kind of like pure love feeling confident enough and being like you know let's play a completely different formation first time out so I think it's just going to be interesting it's going to be fun and you know going back to to what Chuck was saying it's definitely more of a you know I don't think this was a premeditated appointment I agree with him but that's the thing I'm a romantic Chucks I just I, I really want it to work I'm I'm more much more like I want it to work than I'm sure it's going to work and you know, I'm just trying to trying to speak it into existence. Plus, if it actually works, I'm gonna look like really good. I'm gonna be like, I, I called it. And if it doesn't work, then I can just be like, oh, it was all a joke. Like it was, you know, we're just messing around. Yeah, and it if it works. if it if it does work, Sergio's gonna let everybody know about it too. 
Oh yeah, for sure. I'm staking my claim early on this case. That's important. It's important hey. to be the first. Our coworkers are incredibly modest. <laughs> That's right. You definitely were a betting man because you're uh, hedging your bets and diversifying your portfolio by saying, well, if this happens, then that. Well, then if that happens, then I said that. So, yeah, of oh, course. Should, uh, I'm putting it out all on the record. If I, if it feels like we can do nothing but hedge right now because we just don't know. Exactly. We, we don't know. So it's kind of just like, well, you know, it's, it's, it's the ultimate what if. You know, it's like, what if Pirlo succeeds? Well, then Sergio's completely right. And then what if Pirlo struggles? Well, then Chuck's skepticism was right. You know, he's, he's very much, there was a reason why he was very uh, hesitant to endorse Pirlo as Juve's manager the same way that obviously Sergio, Sergio has. So uh, Either way, the blog wins. Which <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Either way, we win. From the at true ROAC, can the men's team legally sign Barbara Bonansea as Gonzalo Higuain's replacement? No, but I mean, you know, I mean, I, I, I think she could do at the very least equally as well, right? I mean, at this point. And I mean, if, if you guys haven't seen Bonansea's two goals from over the weekend in the wild, wild win over Empoli, they are, the gifts are embedded in my recap of that game. And the first one especially was off a beautiful cross and just, you know, Bonansea is flying through the air to finish it and lobs it over the keeper. And there's just like, Man, remember when Juve's men's fullbacks used to cross like that? I mean, it was just, yeah, it was it was fun. And, I mean, the women's team, I mean, they are dealing with some injuries right now, especially at the back. But um, their attack is very much, very much firing on all cylinders. So, last question here from our buddy Handy Vandy, who a couple weeks ago, I might add, asked what it would take for Juventus to sign an American player. So before the Italian press was on it, apparently Handy Vandy had a gut or Handy Vandy had a gut feeling. We started our rumor talk with number nines and we'll end it here with his question. Our hunt for a number nine is being done in typical Juventus fashion, finding an old player to overpay and keep for way too long. Who is the oldest player we could buy that would contribute as a number nine. I mean, Edin Dzeko's well, Je- 34. Well, Dzeko's 34, about to be 35. He's the, the, the oldest out of anybody that we've, that we've been connected to. I just, yeah, I mean, he, that, he is the oldest. The oldest that I would do is, you know, 28. <laughs> but that's because I want to be, I want this team to start looking, you know, making signings that plan for the future again. Yeah, that that's, I mean, conceivably, the guy that could be that could be it will be thirty five by the end of the coming season. So you know, which by the way, I mean, uh, you know, just to close out the whole Checo talk, if, if that's the guy we're we're like looking at for like the answer at the number nine position, just keep Ewan. Like, I mean, what what's I mean, is he really going to be that? like much of an improvement of, over Gonzalo Iwain? I don't think so. I mean... Probably be... His wages will probably be lower. Yeah, I mean, if, if it's just... But how much are you willing to pay him? Like, there's got to be like a transfer fee involved or something. I mean, like, I just don't see how that's a, Any, such uh, a The transfer thing. fees that I've... The transfer fees that I've seen around Jekko are something like 10 million. Which, again, like, I mean, if it's just how... like. Is he really going to come in and be like that much better than he went for like a 10 mil transfer fee and whatever it is that they're going to pay him in wages? Like at that point, is that really going to move the needle? I mean, I'd much rather just, you know, get a young, unproven a la McKinney type of signing and figure out if there's something there because I, that just screams uninspired like signing to me. I don't, that's probably one of the rumors that, you know, if, if we're talking about like old, Defensive players that we're going to overpay. I'd rather, I'd rather just keep Ewain. Completely about. agree. Completely yeah. agree with that. Yeah, I think I think it doesn't. Yeah, if we're going to do that, it should be a significant improvement on Ewain. Completely. Yeah, completely agree on that. Uh, oldest player we could sign in the number nine department, uh, Francesco Totti. I don't know. Perhaps. <laughs> and on that note, I'll leave it on that. <laughs> 
Well, Del Barrow's hanging out in LA, so I don't, and in the restaurant business, so I don't think he's he's currently available. He'd be good for a couple of free kick goals, though, if they sign him. Yeah. Oh, of course. He's still spending them in with Tobias on the beach, I've seen. So, you know, he's he's, he's still got that going. Yeah. The biggest problem is that, you know, and and the reason that we're, that guys like Jekko, guys like Suarez are the guys that are connected to us so much is that. There is a desperation in this team to make the most out of the four years that we are going to have Cristiano Cristiano Ronaldo at the side, and if that means, I mean, that's why we took Leonardo Bonucci coming back from Milan over Mattia Caldara, who at the time, you know, the the fanfare that they put into announcing Caldara that summer before they shipped him off to Milan in exchange for Bonucci was huge, and then in five seconds he was gone. The, the front office is so dead set on, on trying to maximize the return on Ronaldo when, spoiler alert for something that I've got in the works, it doesn't look like that investment is really paying off yet and might not ever. But yeah, it, it's clear that, that they want guys who can make an instant impact and then deal with the fallout of them being too old later because they want these last two years with Ronaldo's contract before he goes off to, you know, China or Dubai or MLS or wherever the heck he's going to go to retire to be, you know, the maximum that, that, that they think they can be with guys that are experienced and, and productive. Yeah, I, I agree. And I mean, just, just, just to really quick about the, the Ronaldo thing, I, I don't know what the, the aim of, of the piece that you're about, that you're going to, that you're teasing right now, Sam, but I do, and this has bugged me all along. Like, and this is not meant to be like a Ronaldo, you know, I'm, I'm sure someone will say that it's a Ronaldo hating thing, which is not. But I do, like everyone says like, oh, the brand awareness, oh, like the Instagram followers, oh, we're just selling like a bunch of more t-shirts. And like, is that, like we were saying before, uh, I think before we recorded or, or during the podcast, I actually don't, don't remember. Like we're paying the guy over 50 mil a year plus the the 100 million euro transfer like are did you make that back with all that you know the t-shirt sales and the followers and the brand awareness and like is that really going to like are you actually making it back or is it just and i i would love if someone actually knows how that And are they going to stay? Yeah, that's because- the other thing. There are, are are these people really going to still be Juventini when Ronaldo is not in this shirt anymore? Some of them, maybe a couple of them might be inspired, but the majority of them, I don't think so. Yeah. And like, the thing is like the, the thing that really moves the needle for football clubs and, you know, sporting clubs in general is generally TV deals, right? Like the TV rights, that's where the real money is made. And like the, the TV deal for Italian football, as far as I know, again, if there's other information out there, I, I'd be happy to look at it. I'm pretty sure it's still the same before and after Ronaldo. And if Ronaldo leaves and the contract is, it remains the same for the entire league. I mean, then did you really make up that, like just by people buying shirts? I don't think you did. And even that, I'm pretty sure the deal is like, you know, Adidas pays Juventus to be the, the kid maker. And that's it. I'm not sure if they make extra money for selling extra shirts. Again, like those finer points they make are not a, super... They make a piece of every shirt. There's a, a piece of every shirt goes to Adidas. A piece of every shirt goes to Juventus. That's, that's how that works. That's okay. Maybe they are making some money, you know, because they are, I'm assuming they're selling more shirts. But, you know, it's just, I, I keep hearing about all of this, how it was good for the brand of Juventus to get Cristiano Ronaldo. And, and I'm not sure it has been, just like economically speaking, because again, and this is just to come back to say, this is not a Ronaldo hating rant necessarily because he's been really good. And I don't think you can ask him for much more than what he has given the club on the field. Like, he has been excellent, but you know the whole you know financial thing about it that now we're like super hamstrung in movement because we have so much money invested in the guy. That I, I'm guessing we're gonna figure out whenever his deal is up. But so far, it's hard to make the argument that it's been worth it on that level. On the field, it has definitely been worth it. He's great. He has you know been everything we expected him to be on the field. But of the field, I still have my my concerns of whether or not this was a, you know, good investment. Well, it really is a shame that Hunter isn't here. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I kind of <laughs> encroached on, yeah. his, on his field a little bit, but I mean, I, I <laughs> he's done thinking about it, and I just and, thought I, I'd say it. Yeah. 
And Ronaldo's done well, but has the team done well enough? Because Ronaldo was supposed to propel the team. You know, he was allegedly this missing piece for the Champions League. And so far, nah. All right, we'll wrap things up on that note as we will probably table that discussion until Sam's piece comes out and the comment section turns into, oh, I don't even want to imagine what it will turn into. But uh, <laughs> Mount Doom from, yeah. from, from Lord of the Rings. Just. Yes. Mo- moderator Chucks will be kept busy that week. But uh, <laughs> I want to say, as always, you can find us on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. You can rate subscribe and write us a review there you can also listen to us on spotify and google podcasts so once again thank you all for your twitter questions for sam for chucks and for sergio this is danny saying thank you very much for listening and we'll talk to you guys next time